Hello, I'm Marco D'Ambrogi from The Lancet Infectious Diseases and I'm here today with Rob van der Pluen and we're talking about two papers that we're publishing together and uh, uh, one paper is called Determinants of Dehydroatomizinine Piperokine Resistance in Plasmodium Falciparum Malaria in Cambodia, Thailand and Vietnam a prospective clinical, pharmacological and genetic study and then we will touch uh, quickly upon a second paper that we're publishing together which is called Evolution and Expansion of Multidrug-Resistant Malaria in Southeast Asia, a Genomic Epidemiologic Study so welcome Rob. Uh, Rob uh, is also a new father, so we make him congratulations for that. <laughs> and we will move to a more professional uh, aspect. And uh, so uh, the two papers cover some anti-malaria resistance in the greater Mekogsam region. Uh, can you tell us briefly why it is important to focus on this region for the future of malaria therapy at global level? Thank you, Marco, for the opportunity to talk about the publication. Um, Artemisinin resi resistance is a uh, risk for uh, the Greater Mekong sub-region um, because artemisinins are a cornerstone for the treatment of malaria. Uh, artemisinins are highly effective against a wide range of stages of the life cycle of malaria parasites, um, and they kill parasites very quickly. But what we see is that after the first three days, Often there are still some parasites alive or have not been killed, and these are often killed by the partner drug, such as preparaquin. And what is found now is that when artemisinin resistance uh, emerged, uh, this has uh, enabled the selection for partner drug resistance, such as resistance to preparaquin, and uh, the combination of those two uh, resistances and now leads to treatment failure of DHA preparacon. Your, your, the two studies focus on uh, development of anti-malaria resistance in Southeast Asia, uh, but why it is so important to understand what is happening in Southeast Asia and uh, why there are implications even beyond that region going to India and Africa where the malaria burden is the highest? Well, artemisinin and panadoc resistance are in the first place a threat to the regional control of Ossipurum malaria in the Greater Mekong sub-region. Malaria, malaria elimination is progressing well, but the remaining parasite population is very resistant. And if you don't have effective drugs left, malaria will probably come back with a vengeance. It will be very resistant and therefore resistant and therefore difficult to treat. In addition, the resistant strains could spread further into India and ultimately in sub-Saharan Africa, where the majority of falciparum malaria uh, cases occur. Uh, that would be a disaster and could potentially lead to a large number of fatal malaria uh, cases in African children. And in the past, resistance to chloroquine and sulfidoxine paramethamine also originated in Southeast Asia and spread throughout um, the uh, Indian subcontinent and eventually sub-Saharan Africa, where it most likely contributed to the mortality of malaria. Both papers that, uh, that we're publishing uh use data from a, a big trial called TRAC2, where of course you've been heavily involved. And uh, uh, can you just tell us a bit more about this trial? And uh, because uh, as you just mentioned, it, the trial covers, uh, it is still unpublished, but covers uh, malaria therapy, both in uh, Asia and in Africa. Yes, the, the TRAC2 project, as the name uh, says, is the second iteration the TREC project, 
Um, and in track one, we found that artemisian resistance was clearly established in Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam, and also southern Laos. Uh, and in the same period, project showed that DHEPAPERICAN, one of the important ACTs, was not fully effective anymore. And it was clear uh, when we started track two that new treatments were urgently needed. However, um, not many new antimalarials were uh, expected to reach the market in the next five years or the next decade. And therefore, we thought of new solutions. And one potential solution could be to recombine existing drugs in new combinations. And uh, an example is the so-called triple ACTs. And in triple ACTs, we combined an artemisinin with two existing partner drugs. And the track 2 trial, so the second iteration, which occurred between 2015 and 2018, assessed the safety, tolerability, and the efficacy of these triple ACTs. And the two triple ACTs that we trialed in this study were artemitalumefentrin plus amodiacin and DHA-preparacin plus mefloquine. The trial was conducted in 17 hospitals in eight countries in Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, Myanmar, Bangladesh, India, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And we're currently analyzing the results of this trial, which will be published in full in the coming months. And in this future publication, we'll describe the efficacy of both ACTs and triple ACTs, and we'll extensively review the tolerability and safety of the triple ACTs. And we'll also look at the pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic interactions of these drugs. Absolutely. And following from that, uh, in, in the two papers that we're, we're publishing, uh, as I mentioned, there are some data coming from the unpublished drug 2 trial. Can you just explain to our audience why it was so important to publish uh, this study and this sort of preliminary data before the actual trial is published? So in this trial, we found high levels of resistance to artemisinins and uh, the paracrine. Uh, leading to poor efficacy of DHEPAPERICIN. And uh, also this trial showed the clear potential of uh, these resistance uh, mechanisms to spread. Um, and therefore, we found it important to publish these results ahead of the clinical trial. Um, and this also provided us the opportunity to go into uh, more detail on uh, the mechanisms of resistance and the extent to which these um, markers of resistance have spread in the last five to seven years. And the results of this report already have supported malaria control programs in Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam to consider moving away from DHEPAPERICIN to other first-line treatments, such as artesinate pyronaridine and artesinate methylquine, which are still reasonably effective in these countries. And uh, uh, going a bit more into depth in, in the first paper, uh, which is determinants of dihydroartemisinin in piperrocin resistance in plasmodium falciparum malaria in Cambodia, Thailand, and Vietnam, uh, can you just briefly tell us what were the main found findings uh, regarding both PCR-correlated efficacy at day 42, which was the primary outcome, and then the analysis of relevant mutation linked to uh, ACT resistance? The the first phase of the track project, um, we, we found that there were markers of artemisinin and preparicin resistance. These were CALC mutations and plasmepsin uh, amplifications. Um, but these were only present in Western Cambodia and not in Northeast Thailand, Northeastern Cambodia and Southwestern Vietnam. And in our recent study, the track 2 study, which was between 2015 and 2018, we found that the resistance to these artemisinins um, is nearly fixed um, 
in um, uh, all the GMS countries east of Bangkok. And in addition, we found that the resistance to the partner drug, paparaquin, has increased dramatically compared to a few years ago. Uh, and we think this is likely driven by the continued use of DHEPAPARACON, um, while treatment failures were already very high. Um, and in addition, we see that the parasites have evolved further. Um, they now have markers of, um, well, we also find PFCRT mutations, which in the laboratory were found to be associated with a reduced sensitivity to paparacon. And what we found is that these mutations were very rare, seven to five years ago, and were only found in uh, Western Cambodia. And in this uh, study, we found that these uh, CRT mutations have rapidly spread and can now be found uh, throughout the Eastern GMS, and they actually contribute to uh, the resistance of these parasites to preparacon, making these parasites even less likely to respond to treatments and as a result, we found that the efficacy of DHEPAPARACIN treatment is dramatically low. In our study, only 50% of the subjects were adequately treated with uh, the treatment of DHEPAPARACIN, and 50% um, rep represented at our clinics within the first 42 days after the initial treatment. Well, of course, these data are very concerning for the future of malaria th therapy in, in the region. And uh, just mentioning briefly the other article that we're publishing, uh, that article also supports and uh, looks a bit more uh, into the sort of, with genomic sequencing, into the epidemiology evolution of the resistant uh, strains uh, of, of Plasmodium falciparum. Uh, can you tell us just briefly what the study shows and uh, how it supports the, uh, the data from uh, your main study? Yes, this study looked at um, the genetic epidemiology of resistant parasites from our larger samples, um, but a lot of uh, samples from our current uh, track 2 study. And um, this study looked more in depth at the genetic epidemiology, and uh, it confirms that strains resistant to artemisinins and paparicon have spread throughout the eastern GMS. And um, it also clearly shows that these parasites are not only spreading, but are also becoming the most uh, predominant um, lineage. Um, and are, yeah, it looks like they're actually uh, taking over the whole uh, falciparum parasite population. And this is, of course, of concern, because if, it can, um, if these parasites, if these mechanisms of resistance can spread so easily throughout Southeast Asia, it could well be that they also spread um, westwards towards uh, the Indian subcontinent and potentially sub-Saharan Africa. Absolutely. And then uh, just to sort of uh, conclude, uh, of course, the, these findings from the study are quite concerning. So uh, your group in the paper makes some recommendation regarding the future use of the other artemisinin in Piperaki in the region. Can, can you just uh, make, uh, make this recommendation here? Yes, I think this study clearly shows that uh, DH preparacon should no, no longer be used for the treatment of uh, falciparum malaria in um, northeast Thailand, in Cambodia, and in uh, uh, southern Vietnam. Um, and I think also the, the results of this study make very clear that accelerated elimination of falciparum malaria is needed in the region. And I think there's three reasons for that. The first reason is to prevent further spread westwards towards sub-Saharan Africa uh, and India, um, and thereby preventing a potential global health emergency. 
to the second reason is to eliminate falciparum malaria from the region before it locally becomes untreatable. It's already very difficult to treat uh, an infection, for instance, in Cambodia, um, where um, many of the existing ACTs are not uh, sufficiently effective. And I think also elimination uh, would get rid of these uh, parasite population, which um, has shown to be uh, a cradle for anti-malarial drug resistance. In the past, chloroquine resistance, sulfoduxin, paramethamine resistance, and now artemisinin and partner drug resistance have all emerged in um, Cambodia and the surrounding countries. And I think eliminating uh, malaria once and for all would at least reduce the chance that this happens again and that the parasites uh, spread from here um, to um, uh, other areas in the world. Well, thank you, Rob. This data, of course, very important and definitely data that can influence future policy for uh, malaria treatment in the region and then even at global level. 